0: they asked like
1: Yeah.
0: and 50% off your one of a kind formulas. Pros.com slash just break
2: Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder.
1: And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week, we are going to ta- tackle topics like forgiving ourselves for walking away, mismatched efforts, Big life changes that may change us too much and being independent. Huh. But before we begin, we just want to give you our general or our surgeon general's warning, <laughs> uh, which is that we don't know anything.
2: Yeah, we don't know what we're talking about. And I apparently have the immune system of a sickly Victorian <laughs> child because I am sick for the second time this fall. Uh uh-huh, Yeah. You can't tell by my lovely tenor.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen you in. Like five days. Four
2: days? More than that. More than that? We haven't seen each other since for oh, a yeah. long time.
1: Yeah. And you look sick.
2: Oh, thanks, <laughs> you son of a bitch.
1: Well, you got like- in my car and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you were not kidding about being this sick.
2: Yeah. No, I've been, I like got my ass kicked by the flu um, And so I've been sick with the flu at home, like literally in bed rest for like five days. And then to tap it off, to add to the little Victorian orphan boy uh-huh. theme, I got pink eye <laughs> sitting alone in my own fucking house. Literal conjunctivitis. Like better board up my windows and doors because the black plague is coming next. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> this is all to say, we don't know what we're talking about. We don't know how to, you know, stave off general diseases.
1: No, absolutely not. And (laughs) And, um, Sierra can give herself pink eye.
2: (laughs) I literally was alone in my apartment for three days, and I was like, where did this come from? No small child has been, like, touching my face. Anyway, we're just here to offer our humble advice and hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing thing that is love. Welcome to episode 17. Welcome. I know, that sounds so mature. It really does. Like, we've been doing this 17 times. <laughs> yeah, our podcast is like <laughs> yeah, a debutante <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's angsty and, and uh, you know, it's trying to sneak out to make out with its special friend.
1: <laughs> yeah, and like applying for colleges and shit.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, mm, depends on what its life journey is.
1: <laughs> true, true.
2: Anyway, what's our check-in, Sam?
1: Uh, Our check-in is from uh, an awesome submitter.
2: Oh, it's inspired by a letter.
1: Yes, uh, from Jane Anand from Colorado. And uh, they just wanted to know uh, if we could expand on a phrase that we say often, how some aspects of relationships aren't sustainable.
2: Mm, So they want us to unpack sustainability in relationships. Right love that question because i think i started using the word sustainable regarding love and relationships um, pretty organically mm-hmm. like i didn't read it anywhere um i'm sure it's out there but when i think about sustainability and relationships i think about like behaviors that can be continued throughout time obviously that's kind of like the textbook Definition of it, Mm -hmm. but instantly what came to mind was like jealousy. Like, jealousy is not sustainable, right? Because we don't live in a world in which we will never get jealous, right? Mm -hmm. So, if somebody's out there being super hyper jealous and it happens once and then maybe it happens again and they say it's not going to happen again, but it keeps happening, to me, that is an unsustainable behavior because. We live in a world in which we're going to interact with other people and other people are going to accidentally flirt with us or going to want to slide into our DMs (sighs) or whatever. And that person is going to have constant triggers. So what is unsustainable is the idea that that their jealousy is not going to get them anywhere. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Well, and I think it's like the idea that we only have so much like effort to give. Mm. And so like when someone is having is is you doing unsustainable behaviors. It's like how, like at what point can you, do you have to say like, I can't keep forgiving you for this or like I can't keep making different behaviors because of your jealousy or whatever it is. I think
2: that's a really great point because it's okay to be jealous, right? And it's okay for your partner to like fuck up and have a jealous flare or something like that. It's about behaviors that happen again and again over time that literally empty you. Mm -hmm. Like it's unsustainable, not because that person can't get jealous a hundred times. They yep. definitely can, and they fucking will. Yep. But you cannot convince them a hundred times not to be jealous. That's like unsustainable. You will not. F- you will be emptied by the end of the day.
1: Right. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Can you think of some other sustainability things for you?
1: I'm trying to think of an example in my life. I mean, there was but yeah in your relationship. Right. There's like times when there, when I was dating him, where like his. His excessive like going out was unsustainable
2: for you and your lifestyle, or just for your relationship, or everything.
1: For for so all of that, because it was like I don't want to go out every single night of the week. Yeah, but also when you go out, you get really really drunk and then you like disappear for hours at a time. Right, and like that's not sustainable for me because I don't want to go out all the time, and also I don't want to have to be like, where are yeah, you? Constantly all the time. having
2: to. <laughs> Yeah, that I think I think one of the un, un, like a, 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 a flag of unsustainability is constant panic or like yeah. constant, you know, when people are like, oh, how's it going in your relationship? And you say good, but you always think of the things that are always constantly going on, like that's sure. a sign of instability and unsustainability to me. Um, I think it may something in your relationship that I can say is sustainable um is the way you guys show up for hard conversations mm-hmm. like you guys are both very committed to communication and that is a example an example of a sustainable thing right
1: right and that's cuz like those conversations or create are
2: sustainability i'm sorry
1: no but those conversations are hard just as like feelings of jealousy are also hard but the difference there is that like the the conversations that lead to something productive Fill you up rather than take away from yes, you. Yes. And the issue is when those conversations lead to depletion and continue to lead to depletion with no change, with no constructive end. Uh, like that's what we mean about like that's not sustainable. Yes. And but that doesn't mean that hard conversations don't happen. Right. Or instances of jealousy don't happen. But if you can have the conversation, make something productive out of yes. it like that is how you move towards sustainability yeah. and the problem with all of these people that you write into us about <laughs> <laughs> is that they're not willing to make those like constructive things happen yeah
2: that's funny <laughs> I was going to wrap up there because it was such a perfect um, description but yeah. I want to add you made me think of something It was like for me um, I have made a rule that I don't argue with drunk people mm. like if my partner's drunk um, yeah and I am not, or mm-hmm. even if I am, um, I have realized that, like, arguing with drunk people or partners in my past that have maybe communication issues or anger issues or whatever has made—it's made arguing with drunk people, no matter what their mood is, really triggering to me. Yep. Um, and— I have just realized that it's unsustainable for me Mm -hmm. to argue with drunk people. It takes me to a bad place. And often the the conversations are not productive because the people are not in like sound mind. Oh, for sure. Um, So that's something that I think of when I think about sustainability. I've chosen to not participate in drunk arguments. I'll wait until we're sober because I know that makes me It's a more sustainable choice. Mm -hmm. I know that we'll have a better, more productive conversation when we're sober. So I clock out of those conversations as soon as they start happening. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's great advice. Don't argue with
2: drunk people. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Uh, Thanks, Jane, for writing in. I love that question. I hope that gives you some insight about sustainability as it refers to the head and heart work that we do here. Let's get into our letters. All right. So first letter is from... Sav Price? Mm-hmm. Sav Price. Sav. Sav. Yeah. From Oklahoma. And their letter it starts, How do I stop blaming myself for leaving my ex-fiance for cheating on me? As they always do, he seemed perfect at first. My friends always seemed to dislike him. Red flag, am I right? <laughs> and he got angry often and accused me of cheating on him with my best guy friends. I work at a popular coffee shop. Well, let's call it Starbucks. <laughs> and he got so angry that I couldn't wear my engagement ring at work because he was worried I would flirt or uh, flirt or be flirted with. My loyalty was always in question. See? This is literally talking about. This. We didn't land at all. One night When leaving my friend's house, I asked if he had ever done anything to betray my trust, and he said no, but told me that just once this girl that is our mutual friend got drunk and kissed him. I tried asking more about it, and he told me I was being crazy, (laughs) that I was looking for problems where there were none. So I just avoided it and pushed pushed it away until I couldn't anymore. So I messaged her, and turns out he cheated on me several times with her over the last few months. (laughs) He didn't even wait six months after that to ask me to marry him. I confronted him, and at first he called her a liar and told me that he would never, but he eventually fessed up to it. He immediately went into a self-loathing tangent and told me that he hated himself for it and couldn't live without me, which is wild since he was so full of life when he cheated on me. Oh, shit. (laughs) That's a sick burn. (laughs) I told him um, to go stay uh, a few days with his mom while I figured everything out. He went to Colorado, and while he was gone, I found out that he had also cheated on me with two other girls. I told him that when he came back, I would have all of his belongings packed and that we were done. He told me I was giving up on us and walking away from something special. I know that this can't be true because if if so, he wouldn't have cheated on me three times. The problem is I can't get that out of my head. I can't help but feel like I'm giving up and walking away. How do I learn to forgive myself for walking away? How do I explain to myself that I'm important enough to deserve better? Sav, that's a beautiful letter. And I'm so, so sorry for what happened in your relationship. Absolutely. Um, I think a lot of our listeners are going to relate to that question of like, um, yeah, I walked out rightfully. I ended things super rightfully, but I, I feel like the bad guy. I feel like the villain.
1: For sure. I thought you were going to say like most of our listeners will relate to have been cheated on by asshole men.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, (laughs) that's.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But I think um, I think that anytime we get out of a relationship, even when it's a a good thing that you did it, like you still feel bad about it and you still regret some of the things and um, because you hurt someone. I mean, he clearly was hurt when he cried and wanted you back and. Um, Sociopaths do do that, yeah, don't they? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you may have been um, overacting a little bit to make you feel as nah, bad as nah, possible. Nah.
2: <laughs> I think that his t- tears were real, but I think that they um, they come out at a very convenient time. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, yeah, but so how do you how do you forgive yourself for for making that decision?
2: I think that it's um, Sav. I think it's about. Going back to something that I've said a lot in past episodes, which is think, let's take ourselves out of a black and white world. Mm-hmm. Like, let's let's lean into the duality or like the multifacetedness of everything and recognize that, you know, you were with this person because you loved him and you mm-hmm. saw a future with him. Those good feelings are not erased immediately because he betrayed you. Right. You made the right decision for your life, for your heart, for your future to leave this relationship because he betrayed you.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Because he changed the way you felt about him. Like his actions then changed your love for him. Yep. Rightfully so. Yep. And you decided that you deserved better and that you could no longer trust him, right? That you didn't see a future with him. But in your body at the exact same time is the are the old feelings of love and yep. the old idea of your relationship and why i say let's let go of the black and white world is 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 recognize that i don't think it'll ever feel totally um 100% yes or 100% no does that make sense
1: no and that makes total sense
2: and so if you recognize and make space for um the multifacetedness of everything that that you have multiple uh, layers of of emotions and history going on here, if you if you make space for them and acknowledge them, then the, then it'll it'll feel a little bit easier. You can say, "Yes, I loved you. I saw this life with you, but you betrayed me like mm-hmm. like pretty pretty badly." Absolutely. And then you tried to you turned around and tried to make me feel crazy about it, you know, <laughs> like and he and also sweetheart, you said that he had some weird <laughs> jealousy shit. Another red flag. Like let let let's make space for all the good. And all the bad. Absolutely. That like you're going to feel conflicted about this, but you made the right decision and you're you're allowed to 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 feel all of it at once Mm -hmm. and still know that you made the right decision. Does that make sense?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that we are allowed to miss the people that hurt us. Yes. Even though we even though. Lots of people will tell us that we shouldn't. Yeah. Even though society will tell us that we shouldn't. We are allowed to miss the people that hurt us, totally, and that's okay. I mean i think I think that there um that we always put a lot of pressure on ourselves to like do the right thing every time and make the right decision. But we are human beings who have complicated feelings, and so the idea that you miss him and you hate him at the same time it's
2: okay yeah is
1: happening like totally. <laughs> there's no denying that that's happening right now, and I also just want to say, um, I feel like the fact that he told you that you were giving up on him. Nah,
2: bruh. (laughs) That's not how that works.
1: (laughs) Right? I think, um, and honestly, it seems to me like you might be internalizing that a little bit. Like you might be taking that to heart and thinking like, did I actually give up on us? Am I the reason why we can't make this work? And I want to tell you as your friend here that it's not on you. He broke this. Yeah. And it's not on you to say I give up on this. Right? He made it, he brought it to a point where you had to give up.
2: Yeah. He chose this. Right. This is what he created. And you did (laughs) that. Yeah, yeah. No, no. It wasn't you. Let's say it one more time. (laughs) Right? He
1: brought you into like the elephant graveyard and then like left you there to be killed by hyenas. And then was like (laughs) I
2: love this Lion King reference. And then was Or just nature in general. Was
1: like, wait, you don't want
2: this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. He's like, wait, how dare you not want to dig out of the dig out of this fucking right. elephant graveyard. How dare you not want to give up on me now? Right. And you're like, Honey. we're in an
1: elephant graveyard and hyenas are attacking us. <laughs> what the fuck, dude?
2: I can't wait to the title of this episode. <laughs> um, I love that. And I think the last thing I'll say, Sav, is that... Um, and I've said this before in the episode, but I think it'll be like a fresh take here is that you learn how to love people by loving people. So the fact that this love didn't turn out right, the mm-hmm. fact that you had a big vision for it, but it's it it's going to end here. That's OK, because now you know more. Yep. Now your love can be so much better than this love. The potential of your love is so much bigger and greater now for someone else and for yourself now that you can move past this or this first love or this fifth love or whatever to move on to your next love absolutely yeah and 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 your next relationship is going to be even better because you're not going to put up with this bullshit <laughs> you know
1: <laughs> that's true and i do want to make space for the folks out there who may have had a partner cheat on them and chose to stay with them and like work through that i think that that's also great yeah. too um and i think that that is obviously a possibility i mean sierra and i are sort of like rabid dogs when it comes to like people hurting the people that write into us.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm foaming at the mouth and it's not my conjunctivitis.
1: <laughs> um, But I do want to like shout out to the folks that are, that had a partner cheat on them and chose to stay with them and work through yeah. it. And, and I hope that that is going well for you. And I, and I, that That's is a, that sometimes is a, a right decision too. to make. Yeah, right. That, Absolutely. That,
2: that is the rule. I also want to make space <clears throat> for the fucking cheaters. Oh, true. Yeah. Let's let's welcome in welcome them into the circle.
1: There's two I, of them in this room right now. Literally,
2: I was just gonna say, already here made the circle. I have cheated on people. I admit that.
1: Uh, I have too. Yeah, there we go.
2: Yeah, <laughs> fucking Gemini's. <laughs> anyway, I say that because Sav, I'm not trying to humanize this person, or you know, he's not in our circle, girlfriend. No, <laughs> like he's in he's a different out. circle. No, but I do want to say, um. I had to learn how to be good to people. I True. thought that people... when A younger version of my hoey Gemini self...
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I loved that version of you.
2: <laughs> just thought that I could um, exist and yep. be and do to others without any consequence. Oh, and sure. I had to learn. And I learned fast and young. Um, <clears throat> but... Uh, you know he's he has to learn yep. that 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 these types of behaviors are not sustainable. Let's go back to our word of the day. Here we go, <laughs> like Sesame <laughs> Motherfucking Street.
1: Well, I was thinking like Pee Wee's Playhouse, so we'd have to scream every time someone says it.
2: No, thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway, he's gonna learn, but his journey does not have to be your journey.
1: Oh, absolutely.
2: And uh, we think you made the right choice. And we think you just need to give your heart some time to breathe and air itself out yep. and get ready for your next really good true love. Okay? Absolutely. All right. Thank you, Sav, for Thank writing. Thank We
0: love you.
1: We love you very much.
0: love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag and I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it.
1: Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash justbreakup for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash justbreakup to get free shipping and 365 five day returns quince.com slash just break up
0: all right head and heart workers you know i'm all about tackling our money shame
1: Our next letter comes from Robin Goodfellow, a.k.a. Puck.
2: Excellent reference. Absolutely. English majors. Yeah,
1: right? How many Shakespeare courses did I take in college? (laughs) Too many.
2: Oh, my God. That professor was so good.
1: Which one did you? Okay.
2: Never mind. Sorry. (laughs) Uh,
1: Puck is writing from The Void. uh, And they write, Hi, Sam and Sierra. I just want to say first that I really appreciate the care and vulnerability that you address questions with. It's so refreshing and feels like having two super wise friends who live across the world are far cooler than me and whom I have never met.
2: I promise you we're not cooler. We're definitely I not. have pink eye, my friend. Yeah.
1: Seriously. <laughs> also, Sierra literally lives across the street from me. And they've been painting her whole apartment building black.
2: Yeah, it looks like a fucking haunted house. So I just I just don't know what's going on with my life right now. Like
1: because you've been so sick, and I look out the window and literally see them like, like painting your apartment. house, and it's not like
2: because I'm dying of it's conjunctivitis. Not like a dark
1: gray. It's like black. I know.
2: <laughs> I wanted to write my landlord and be like, "So creative choices. Let's yeah, right, talk about them." So I know that I'm in this apartment
1: dying of conjunctivitis, <laughs> but like, did we have to paint the whole building I know, black? <laughs>
2: I know. Anyway, Robin, my loves... <clears throat> we are your friends. We're not cooler or wiser, but no, we are your friends.
1: We're just trying real hard. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Puck writes, I have been in a relationship with a girl with my girlfriend for nearly three years and I love her with my whole heart. However, our love languages don't match up at all. I don't want this to be a problem, but I kind of feel like it is because I don't feel or rather understand her love as much as I would like to. And honestly, even writing that out makes me feel horribly selfish. Hmm. My love languages are words of affirmation and physical touch.
2: Oh, my God, mine too. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. Okay.
1: Hers are not. I don't remember what hers officially are, and to be honest, because every time we talk about it, she says none of them.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like Sam. (laughs)
1: Yeah, right? Like, honestly. I feel like I have told people that before. I don't really understand how I can express my affection in a way she will understand and appreciate, nor how she can do the same for me. We've talked about it several times, and I know she's trying— but I still don't feel validated and loved in the ways that I need to. We're both asexual, so it's not about sex, but she's so touch-averse that we don't kiss or cuddle much at all, and sometimes even holding hands is uncomfortable for Mm. her. Obviously, I would never ask her to do something she doesn't consent to, but it is hard to feel constantly like the one who is compromising. Similarly, she has frequent periods of romance repulsion where she doesn't want to be told affirming and loving things, nor does she want to say them. She rarely says I love you in general, which I've told her I don't expect her to if it makes her uncomfortable, but I secretly wish she would do more. Again, I totally understand that this isn't her deliberately choosing not to express her love in the ways I understand it, but her romance repulsion is completely valid, and again, I would never make her uncomfortable by forcing it. But I find myself compromising all the time, and it's beginning to break, to hurt my heart. Mm. Friends have said I, devo- I deserve better. They say that I'm incredibly empathetic and that I will always put myself out in order to make sure that other people are happy and comfortable, but that I don't do the same for myself. They say I'm not being loved well enough. I love my girlfriend so much and I don't want to break up over something which would be a small issue, but it's really hard to feel loved by someone that can't speak my love languages and who seemingly doesn't have any of her own for me to speak How can we love each other well when our ways of loving are at such loggerheads? How can I have the same conversation again without causing conflict, but being serious enough that she knows that I'm truly upset? I'm afraid you will tell me to just break up. And (laughs) and being totally honest, this is something I have thought about, but I love her so much and we've been there for each other through such difficult times, and I don't want to throw away the beauty that our relationship holds over what is essentially a mistranslation issue. Please help. Oh, P.S. My pronouns are she, her, and they, them. Take your pick or use a mixture.
2: Oh, thanks, Robin. Um, actually, I'm going to call you Puck. Yeah, I we're going to call you is Puck. is cuter. <laughs> I mean, I like them both, actually. Um, uh, I love this letter. I think it's super simultaneously universal um, and uh, personal. Like, Absolutely. very specific to Puck's situation. So I'm super happy to dive into it. Mm-hmm. And I want to start by saying I've never heard the word loggerheads before. Can you please use it? <laughs> Can you define it for me, English major Sam?
1: I believe, and I might be making this up, but like a loggerheads is like the point, you know how like when you are a lumberjack, you like put the the logs down the river, like that's how you transport them. Like the yeah, loggerheads is like, man. <laughs> is like a log jam. Okay. Like when the logs come together. All right. And they like prevent movement.
2: Why I so called please. him Bushman is because he was using really effeminate <laughs> hand gestures to describe that. and It was really cute.
1: <laughs> also... If I'm 100% wrong,
2: please let me know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That goes for relationship advice, too. (laughs) Okay, right. Okay, Puck, um, uh, I super relate to some of these things, uh, aspects of your story, um, of your letter. Uh, I, too, um, have had disconnections, or I love that you use the phrase um, mistranslation. Mm -hmm. I've had mistranslation issues with my love languages with a partner in the past, and I just know that type of... And I'm really sorry that you're feeling that way, especially over someone that you've been with for three years that you feel very drawn to. Right.
1: Absolutely. And I think that it's very rare that two people actually have the same love languages that like Mm. match perfectly. Yeah.
2: The give and take of both sides. Right. Of
1: being like, oh, yeah, we are both words of affirmation and physical touch because we also send and receive love languages differently, too. So like mine might, I might receive it as physical touch, but I don't give physical touch. Yeah. And so, And If
2: anybody out there is confused at what we're saying about love language, I don't oh, think we're going to unpack it totally right now, but I definitely encourage you to go checking it, check it out. It's basically saying that we communicate our love in different languages, yep. physical touch, words of affirmation, gift giving, quality time and acts of kindness or acts of service is yep. another um, phrase of that. Um, And definitely go check it out. And uh, the main point of love languages that I'll summarize is that people can be saying I I love you by buying you gifts. But Mm -hmm. if that's not your primary love language, you you might not be able to hear or translate their love for you.
1: Yep. I think one of the things that stood out to us most about this letter, Puck, um, is that. I don't think, Sierra, and I think that this is necessarily just an issue of mistranslation. Yeah. I think we think this is an issue of mismatched efforts.
2: Mm,
1: I think that's really real. And I think, um, you know, it's clear that your friends think that you are a giver. It's clear that from your letter to us that you are so understanding and so empathetic which and nurturing, is nurturing i oh, can for tell sure. just
2: from the way you write it
1: which is just fantastic but the thing that we know about people who are nurturers is that often they give more than they expect of others which is
2: unsustainable <laughs> unsustainable ah! <laughs> the word of the day unsustainable
1: um right and so i don't know that i mean there's clearly an issue of of mistranslation here you have different love languages but I don't think that she um, is meeting you halfway in this. Yeah.
2: And um, you guys, uh, it it does say that you've talked about it several times and she's trying. But, you know, honey, like your heart is starting to get hurt at this point. Yeah. And if you don't, um, I'm going to use really like stern language. And I don't mean it that way. But like if you don't draw a line mm-hmm. or if you don't start... Um, really claiming um what you need yep um that's going to build up into resentment and that resentment is going to slowly poison this three-year good true love right right?
1: and i think that without drawing that line there's no indication of where the middle is either right so like if you don't say this is what i need and this is what i need to have out of this relationship then that it can move, right? There's no way to say, like, this is the baseline of what I need. Yeah. they can be like, well, I gave you this and you didn't give me this. So, like, the middle can continue to move unless you are saying, like, this is where we need to meet.
2: Yeah, totally. And I f- I do feel, like, a little bit conflicted. and I And I think I read some of this hesitation just from the essence of your letter, Puck. But, like, I know it's difficult if this person isn't truly... Um, very touchy and you mm-hmm. said that you're both asexual so it's like intimacy or physical touch might be very difficult for this person sometimes yep. Yep. and so like I feel conflicted because I don't ever want to make someone put someone in a physical position that they feel uncomfortable in yep. or non-consensual um and and if but it but if there aren't other ways to show you affection yep and and she doesn't try to show you her love or affection yep when you need it then then it does become a moment of mismatch for sure Mish, mismatch mismatch
1: yeah <laughs> whatever um and puck like we're not getting from your letter that you are pressuring her into doing anything physical that not she would want to do not like, even a little not even a little um and i don't think that you ever would do that no and i don't think that um sort of stating that you need physical affection is demanding that or is that putting her in that? Cause as long as you offer the, the, her the space to not consent to yes. say no, then that's fine. Yeah. But but if you're not getting out of your, of what you need out of this relationship, that's not, that's not pressuring or forcing anything on a person. That is just saying, this is what I need. Can you supply it or not? Yes. And then making an assessment based yeah. on that. So don't feel like asking for what you need is, is pressuring or is forcing or is being, um, or is like forcing physical touch on her because you are absolutely not doing that. Yeah. You are just saying, I, I need this or I need something else that can help me figure, yeah. like understand that you have affection for me. And it's clear that she's not doing that because when you ask her what her love language is, she says none of those.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which I, is the
1: thing that I would say for sure. But if I had a, if, but if Peter ever was like, I'm having issues understanding how much you love me. Yeah. What is your love language? I wouldn't say none of them. Yeah. I would be introspective. I would talk it out and I would figure out. You would
2: respect the conversation.
1: Absolutely. And so the idea that that she's just dismissing it also, again, ties to that mismatch of efforts, mismatch of showing up for you.
2: Right. Um, And I, I like that you brought up like a imaginary real world scenario between you and Peter, because I think the thing that's intimidating about this for me and probably for you, Puck, is like. How do you bring this up when you brought it up before mm-hmm. when you guys, when you all are in your relationship, like you, this is not a fresh relationship. So you're, you're in the gra- the, the, the groove of your relationship already. So you have right. to, I guess what I'm trying to say is you have to find a way to articulate the importance of this mm-hmm. to your partner without making her feel attacked or inadequate. Yep. And I think you can do that with a lot of affirming statements and a lot of I and I feel statements. Absolutely. And just saying, um, I love what you said, Sam, is that I'm having a hard time translating your love for me or gauging it um, or saying, Mm -hmm. um, I love the time we've spent together. I love how much um, effort we're putting into things. Maybe affirm a couple other things that you also like about your relationship and say, but if I'm being really honest um it my heart is starting to get a little hurt by um our lack of communication of love in mm-hmm. one way or the other or whatever.
1: Yeah.
2: Um just make a little affirmation sandwich and <laughs> eat it to her.
1: Love those affirmation sandwiches. <laughs> I
2: do. I really do.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I mean I think exactly the the line that stands out to to me in your letter is that it's beginning to make my heart hurt. Right. Like that's when when it sort of clicks into clarity that something is really not yeah. right here. Yeah. Um, and I think if you can if you can talk about how much you are hurting, not how much she is hurting you and yeah. how much you are hurting, that might be a moment of clarity for her to say, well, that's not what I want.
2: Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Along those lines, a good idea, I think, is giving her concrete examples. Yep. I think we when we talk about love, it's very up in the air, it's intangible. Yep. And when we talk about love languages, it becomes a little bit more tangible, like, oh, touch, great. Mm-hmm. But what you're saying is, you know, like give concrete examples. Like if you could hold my hand when we're walking outside, that would make me feel really loved and really secured. Yep. You know, or if you could give me a back rub once a week, that would make me feel really loved. Yep. Or if you could tell me I love you, when I tell you I love you, mm-hmm. um, that would make me feel really loved and really secure. Um, maybe just think of a list of those. Like, do some work for her, but make sure she's meeting you halfway. Absolutely. And the last thing I think we want to say, Puck, is we're not going to tell you just to break breakup.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Although we love to do that. <laughs>
2: yeah, we really do. But we are going to say it's obvious that you love this person, and it's obvious that you two have a connection that's built on respect and love and trust and mutual shared interests. It's obvious that you two work well together, but what else is obvious is that some things are not working or are not sustainable. And so the last thing we want to leave you with Puck is that it's okay to break up with someone you love. Yep. It's okay to break up with someone who you love and could keep loving because you're a nurturer because you're a giver because you can self-sacrifice till the cows come home. And we just want to say it's okay to break up with someone because they're not loving you well enough.
1: Absolutely. Because you deserve love and you deserve to have that love, right? Have that love be in a way that you can understand and feel it. Yeah. And I, um, So I just want you to feel equipped to know that just because you break up with someone that you love, you're not a bad person. Right. Doesn't mean you're not a nurturer. Doesn't mean that you're not a lover. That doesn't mean that you don't love her. Right. It just means that you are not getting what you need and what you deserve.
2: And we're not telling you to do that. No, we're not.
1: (laughs) Just think that your we friends never, might be on to something.
2: <laughs> we would never say something like that, Puck. Puck, we love you. Thank you so much for writing in. I hope this gives you some insight. Um, we really do love and 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 respect your relationship. We see it right through your letter, okay? All right. Up next, from writing to us from Seattle, we have a letter from Nicole Doe. First, thank you both for being you. Oh, Willie, you're very welcome.
1: <laughs> it's so easy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> End of letter. <laughs>
1: Okay, next one.
2: <laughs> I started listening to your podcast a few weeks ago and have felt really have felt really connected with some of the stories shared by other listeners and have found your thoughts to be so genuine, caring and full of love. So thank you. I married my high school sweetheart and we have a kid together. We've always been very independent people and have always had a great balance of couple life and individual life. Hmm. Since we had a baby though, obviously our family dynamic has changed. Looking at things now, I believe he wasn't ready emotionally to have a child. He's changed into a different person. And honestly, I really hate that person. He's short-tempered, angry, selfish. I could go on. I've tried to power through this, thinking this was a phase that could correct itself over time. But it's been a year and a half, and I can't take it any longer. I feel so lonely and unloved, and I don't want my daughter to grow up thinking that this is what love looks like. I'm trying everything I can to try to mend things, but I can't carry this relationship on my own. He refuses therapy or mental health help and barely talks to me. I guess what I'm asking is when is it okay to give up on a marriage? Mm-hmm. I have 12 years committed to this man. He's the do- he's my daughter's father, but I'm so so tired. Ooh. Nicole, I love you already. Yep. And I love this letter. <clears throat> I don't love the things that are happening to you, nope. but I love how brave you are to share this letter with us.
1: Yeah. I think that it's, um, it can be hard to be that uh, long into a relationship and then suddenly everything has changed. Yeah. Right. It's like, hard to be
2: that honest with yourself.
1: No, seriously. And it's like, you know, you recognize it. Um, which I think is great. seems like he wouldn't let you not recognize it. Cause he seems like he's being a little,
2: a little, a little petty dick, <laughs> a
1: little asshole. Um, um,
2: Sorry the, to talk about your husband yeah, like that. No, I'm
1: sorry. I'm sure that he's he's probably hurting and that's why he is also hurting. Um but here's the thing is that you know, it's never too late to be happy. Right. And even though you um are 12 years committed, even though you um, you know, have made a life for yourself in this way, it doesn't mean that you have to be committed to that for the rest of your life right you can always make a change or a choice to make a change
2: right and first we'll talk about life with him moving forward Mm -hmm. and then we'll maybe imagine a world in which you have the permission to throw the towel in and say hey i've carried this relationship for enough time yep um i'm gonna i'm gonna prioritize my own happiness and my daughter's happiness right uh, so first, we want to say um, there's totally a world in which your relationship can be salvaged. You Absolutely. have 12 years in. You've obviously put a lot of work into this relationship. Um, but I find the fact that he won't go to couples therapy really fucking problematic, um, Nicole, mm-hmm. because uh, one, it shows a huge level of denial. Yep. And more importantly, it shows a lack of interest and in effort. interest or effort right like he's not even willing to try Mm -hmm. um and uh, nicole i think you you asked like when is it to when is it okay to give up on a marriage um we can't really tell you that but um you have the right to feel that way i i would say more important like the first question is when is it okay to give an ultimatum Mm -hmm. and i think the time is now i think you say um, I can't sustain this relationship as is anymore. If you want to be with me, you'll go to couples therapy. Yep. Period. Because yep. it sounds like enough has changed and you have put up with enough that it's the the time is now. Right. Yep. And your daughter is a year and a half from what I've gleamed or like a toddler mm-hmm. and that she's going to start remembering these things. Yep. and. Don't get me wrong, I'm a child of a divorce, I'm a child of an abusive household, and I don't regret or resent any of that. I'm not saying that you're doing anything wrong. Um, What I mean is, if you want her to see a healthy, functioning relationship, you either have to get this one on the right track, or go find your good, true love somewhere else.
1: Absolutely. And I think the thing that you always talk about, which is that we are like put on this earth to find happiness yeah it's clear in this and I think this is what is so frustrating is that you are not happy and it's also very clear that he is not happy yes and yet um the fact that he won't take the step to um talk to a therapist do couples therapy whatever it is to help himself find his own happiness yeah is like it's sad it's sad to me that that he is choosing not to do that yeah for himself but also for you and for your daughter as well. And I think it is um a totally reasonable demand to make that that something needs to change and that it it needs to change for both of you because yeah. it's clear that neither of you is happy right now. Yeah,
2: you're not being irrational. No. And you're not being erratic by 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 wanting to draw a line or, or wanting to ask for more to be freaking happy. You for know? sure.
1: Right. And it's like he I'm gonna guess that he doesn't want to live this way either Um, but it's clear that that you both need to be taking steps to make it better Yeah, and if he's not willing to do that then that is a problem for me
2: yeah Um, let's talk let's time out for a second and talk about how men constantly have to be mothered (laughs) (laughs) oh you don't want to go there? oh do we? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> did you want to go there or no? Tell me about it. Well, I just think, and Nicole, I don't know your husband and I don't know your relationship, but you say that um, he wasn't ready to be a parent. Mm-hmm. And now he's like being like a moody ass teenager yep. who doesn't want to talk about it, who I'm guessing isn't like doing his fair share of the parenting or, just, or the I household mean, shit.
1: We could make that assumption.
2: I
0: literally am.
2: <laughs> and... I'm only making that because I I know this trait. I've seen this trait in other relationships, in people in my lives and in our letters that, like, um, I'll make it all genders.
1: (laughs) You don't have to.
2: Well, I do feel like sometimes because of toxic masculinity, instead of stepping up to their feelings, men revert into anger, depression, resentment, jealousy. Yep. Physical violence um, and silence because they don't know. They they weren't given the tools to talk about their feelings because our culture um, hates women <laughs> and suppresses men. <laughs> yep. Really. Um, and so, Nicole, let me bring it back to you. Um, your job is not to mother your husband. That's right. Your job is to mother your daughter. Yep. And you're and your job in this partnership is to not pull him out of his sadness. He needs to meet you halfway. He needs to do this work. He yep. needs to show up for you and your child together. Um, Sam and I think you could also contemplate having a break, yep. a separation trial, so that you can see that you're serious about this. Yep. Because I also know that sometimes when people are stuck in a rut and stuck in the cycle of their relationship, meaning he might think you'll never leave him. Yep, you know he might. My guess that, is he's
1: banking on that. Yeah,
2: he's banking on that, and that's why he's acting like a little fucking child. Absolutely, I'm sorry. I'm Or, or he wants,
1: yeah. yep. Or he wants out, and he is making it impossible for you to stay.
2: Oh, you think so?
1: I mean, it's a possibility. Let's.
2: No, you're being you. You, you stop <laughs> being polite and start getting real. <laughs>
1: I mean, it, that is also a possibility. He clearly is not very good at talking about his feelings. So instead of um, talking about them, uh, yeah. he's just being an asshole in the hopes that... Yeah. I mean, I don't think he's doing it intentionally, but I think that's I think that's, that's sort a good,
2: like, like check. Yep. Like, reminder that, like, I'm painting a picture of Nicole Hutzman that I don't actually know. Right. Oh, and I am too.
1: <laughs> the whole point of this podcast is just to make assumptions about people and then tell them what to do. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um... We both believe something has to change. You have a right to leave this relationship. You have a yep. right to demand more. Yep. Um, a couple suggestions we said, like before, um, I think it's time for an ultimatum for couples therapy. hmm Literally, everybody should go to therapy, period. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can say, I'm going to leave you, or you can go to couples therapy with me. Yep. Period. Uh, I, I think that's a pretty reasonable thing to say. Absolutely. Um, it might sound like a really harsh ultimatum, but sweetheart, you've already put twelve years into this relationship, and you deserve effort. You deserve work. Absolutely. And you deserve it to work too. Like, right. what? A, how much stronger will your twelve-year relationship be after you go to couples therapy? Absolutely. Like, I think that's beautiful.
1: Yeah, and this is your relationship as much as it is his. So yes. you also get to decide what the parameters of it are. Yes. Right now he's deciding that Excellent it's that you choice. don't talk and he's an asshole. Yep. And you're saying you have the right to say, no, no, that is not how this is going to work. We are going to talk healthy. We are going to because like
2: commit to communication.
1: Absolutely. Because this is your relationship too. And you have a right to getting out of it what you need. And you also have a right to walk away if you're not getting it.
2: And the last thing we wanted to talk about um, is that. In this process, um, it's really important to uh, not vitil- villainize this person, yep. your husband, because he's obviously hurting. Yep. I might have already villainized him a couple times. I, I did, too. When I, I, I described him, him. Asshole, so. <laughs> I told, said that he was being a pissy little child. <laughs> um, but he's obviously hurting. He obviously doesn't know how to process those feelings or life choices or whatever. Um, so we're saying don't villainize him, but yes to holding him accountable to his actions. Yep. Our notes literally say villainizing, no, but accountability, yes, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is somehow more graceful than what I just said. <laughs> I don't know why.
1: Um, yeah, absolutely, because, you know, he's clearly like he's clearly hurting and that's why he's hurting you.
2: And he's your husband and you love him.
1: Absolutely. And we, um, you know, we talk a lot about how we don't want to villainize people or um, and how humanizing people helps us move through difficult things. And so we want that to happen as well. But we do think that there is a level of accountability that is lacking here for him. And he is getting away with stuff that he should not be getting away with. And it's okay to say that's not sustainable. Yes.
2: (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> that's
1: not a behavior that is helpful for me, for you, or for this relationship. I understand that you're hurting, but you have to figure out a way to get through that hurt so that we can meet each other in a place that's yeah. healthy, happy, and whole for both of us.
2: Yeah. Um, Nicole, you ask us, like, when is it okay to give up on a marriage? Um, And you know when it's okay. We're going to give you permission right now. Nicole, you know in your heart of hearts when you're ready. Yep. And you can put... As much effort as you want into this, or as little effort. You can leave today. Yep. Or you can work on this for another 10 years and, and hopefully it works out. Okay. Yep. But we're giving you all the autonomy and all the choice and all the right to leave when you're unhappy. Okay.
1: Absolutely. We
2: love you, Nicole. We hope this helps.
1: Thank you for writing. All right. Our last letter comes from Melissa from Minneapolis. Woot woot. Here we are. Hi, Just Break Up team. I'm a 30-something straight woman, she, her, living in Minneapolis, and want advice from two local strangers.
2: That's us.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I've been single for almost three years, and I love my life. I have wonderful friends and family that mean the world to me, a good job, lots of hobbies, and plenty of other beautiful things that fill my life. But I'm at the point where I also want to settle down and share the joy with someone. I'm no stranger to dating. I have probably tried everything at this point. But the more most I find are situationships. I'm healthy, stable, and would be would make a great catch, but nothing is working, and to be honest, I'm getting fed up with the whole scene. It's exhausting. I've been fortunate enough to experience romantic love before, and I really do want to experience it again. Any advice for how I can cultivate a healthy, loving relationship while continuing to be a badass independent woman? I feel like dating in 2018 is trying to break my spirit, and it's a daily struggle to remain motivated when it comes to looking for love. What should I do? How should I keep myself from giving up on love completely? Any advice is appreciated. Thank you, Melissa.
2: Melissa, what a wonderful letter. I hope we run into you on the street someday. (laughs) Seriously. I hope my conjunctivitis is gone, though.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Don't touch Sierra's hand when you see her.
2: (laughs) High fives for no one. I'm fine. I'm fine. Anyway, Melissa, I love this letter, love this in- the intent of this letter. I am so happy that you love your life. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, dating in 2018 is trying to break your spirit.
1: No, it is, like, actively. (laughs) Like, it is like an evil monster that's out there just trying to break everyone that has to deal with it. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. They're like, oh, you feel attractive in this selfie?
1: No one's gonna like it.
2: (laughs) You know? It's like a little devil. It's
1: like, oh, you caught feelings for that guy? Turns out he's had a girlfriend for six months. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
2: But guess what? It's fueling a great podcast. (laughs) It really is. (laughs) Anyway, um... uh, we just want to brainstorm about this for you. I think the first thing we wanna say is that a romantic love doesn't equal a great life. Mm-hmm. And I think that might you might like roll your eyes at us a little and be like, Oh, <laughs> Sam and Sierra, why are you saying that? I know that girlfriend. And I'm like, I know, girl. I know. <laughs> but it is really important to try to um reflect on our desires and our value systems. Yep. And reflect on why, where those value systems come from. Um, For a really long time in my 20s, I wanted to get married. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I stopped and thought, do I want to get married or do I want to do this trip, you know, to Germany and Austria? Or do do I feel like this is what will make me a whole complete person, this marriage? Yep. Or do I actually want to like go to therapy? Not that these things are like
1: mutually exclusive.
2: Yeah. Did we use it correct this yes, time? Yes, you did. Okay. <laughs> and I, and I don't know you, Melissa. So I'm not. I'm just again assuming everything here. Mm. I'm not assuming anything about your life. I'm I'm saying more for me. I had to stop and reflect about like, well, what do I actually really want in my life? Mm-hmm. Um, and after a period of um like difficult isolation, I had to. I had to restructure my priorities and my number one priority was love and it wasn't romantic love. Mm. It was like being around people I loved, feeling loved, giving love, um, in whatever form that created. Um, and so romantic love doesn't equal a good life. Like you can share this good life with so many people. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, hopefully a romantic love will find you along the way. Absolutely. Although although I do recognize that that's like a bullshit Hallmark card answer. (laughs) And that love and the selling of love is all around us. Like we literally made a whole fucking podcast about it. Yep. And there's a whole card section and movie, you know, rom-com, whatever. Absolutely. Dedicated to making people feel super fucking invalid when they're single.
1: Yep. Oh, for sure. And I think that that's the main... that I want to say to you is that like, just because you're single doesn't mean that you are any less important than anyone else. Um, and it seems like it's great that you have identified that, um, sharing your life with someone is something that you want to do, but just know that even though you haven't reached that goal yet, doesn't mean that you are any less of a person or any less worthy of love or importance. Um, because, I think that's something that society tells single people all the time. All the time. Is that, like, you're not worthy. And also, like, honestly, people in couples do that to single people. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, I have... uh,
2: That's so fucking true.
1: Like, there are people, there have been people in my life who would, like, (laughs) only hang out... Like, they were couples, and they would only hang out with other people in couples. And it's like, why? Um... Why would you
2: codependency? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which but is it would healthy be like, sometimes. No, it would be like oh it like oh we're not invited to that dinner party because like I'm not in a couple and they're oh, only yeah. inviting couples. And it's like, why is that happening? So yeah. couple people in couples, like, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that.
2: <laughs> yeah, Melissa, um, I went back and forth on this letter, not because I don't think it's charming, but because like you're doing everything right.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and Sam and I are just gonna sound like, you know, weird single PSAs over here. Being like, You're doing great, <laughs> sweetie. Yeah, right. And but that's not how we <clears throat> that's not what we feel. We're over here like, you know, like you're doing fucking awesome. And guess what? Sometimes fucking awesome doesn't feel like we want it to. Yeah. Period. Right. Um, and just because you're independent and awesome and Live, loving your life doesn't mean you're not going to feel lonely sometimes because mm-hmm. the whole world around us is made for couples. It's yep. easier to be in a couple and and we're we're brought up literally playing weddings, you know, or, or imagining yeah, two Barbies getting married. Yep. Apparently my Barbies were lesbians. It's very progressive. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all.
2: Me neither. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I I don't know, Sam. What else do you want to add?
1: I don't, I mean, I just uh, agree. I mean, that. how do you keep yourself from giving up on love completely is that you just don't give up on love completely. And
2: maybe redefine your definition of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, here we go. Melissa, I challenge you and myself to, like, f- find as many ways. No, no, not as many. That's a little aggressive. <laughs> Let's you and I independently find um, five ways that we can better show our love to the people we love, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like, how can you be, how can you support a friend over the next couple months or Mm -hmm. um, how can you be there for a family member or make a point to extend um, your ear to somebody who might need it? Or to a community that might need your support, like what let's let's work on expanding our understanding and expectation of love. Yeah. And maybe then when our I when love comes to us in a form that we're not expecting, then we can be a little bit more open to it mm-hmm. and ready for it. I love that. Yeah. I think I do, too. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa, sorry for this vague, sprawling answer, but we think you're doing fucking awesome. Yeah. You sound super cool. Uh, let's probably get a drink sometime. Yeah, I was like,
1: I just want to take you out and like hang out with you.
2: Yeah. Um, and just don't give up on love. Let's maybe instead see where the many places you can find it are. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Melissa, we hope this helps. Love you. Thank um, you for Keep on writing. being awesome. We love you. And uh enjoy the fucking terrible winter that's coming our way.
1: <laughs> that's already here, it feels like.
2: Mm-hmm. With every episode, we wanna bring you we wanna shout out something that we want to send you home with. This is the blind date segment of our show. And this week we wanna set you up with a book that I haven't read yet.
1: Oh great. <laughs>
2: <laughs> But I was actually looking at my bookshelf today and I wanted to pull this out because it came recommended to me from my sister, who is a badass, who is like the one of the best people I know at introspection. And the book is called Shadows Before Dawn, Finding the Light of Self-Love Through Your Darkest Time by Teal Swan. And she gave it to me for my birthday because self-admittedly, um, I had a really hard year mm-hmm. and um, I started reading when she first gave it to me and then I had a really busy summer and I just decided to cancel my Netflix so that I can read more this winter. <laughs> and I want to read it. And and I want to suggest it because um, my sister spoke so highly of it. Um, and I thought maybe it could be like a Just breakup sort of book club sort of thing. Fun. I know. But it. it's hippie woo woo self-help, you know, bullshit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I believe in it. Um, and uh, it came highly recommended through my sister. So again, it's called Shadows Before Dawn. And I'll put that up on our Instagram later this week. Excellent. We
1: also, we're gonna check in with each other about self care and what we did this past week.
2: Oh, you know what I did? Fucking pink eye. <laughs> I literally it. fucking got pink I eye. It's like
1: you were taking care of yourself all week. <laughs> I slept
2: so much. Oh, that's good though. It is good. Um, we also need to check in about merchandise. Thank you to everybody who has ordered, um, uh, merchandise from our JustBreakUpPod.com store. Um, we want to see some pictures of you all in the amazing, uh, t-shirts and sweatshirts and hoodies that. Um. Once they get delivered to you, uh, thank you again. If you want to buy Just Breakup merch, you can find it at our website at justbreakuppod.com. That's right. What was your self care, Sam? Sorry, I totally interrupted that. <laughs> <That's fine. laughs>
1: Just co opted it to do a push for merch, which is I hey, appreciate.
2: Trying to get us paid, bro. Thank you. I like <laughs>
1: it. Um, I did the crossword puzzle every day this week.
2: Um, I love you so much. <laughs> I for a second didn't know how to process that so like intentionally like in the morning
1: yeah intentionally so like like carved out space and time for me to actually like sit down and do it nice um because I enjoy doing it like it's fun and it also is something that that is that takes away like anxious thoughts and like and so I was like I'm gonna do this I'm not gonna let myself get distracted by other things
2: what was uh where did you do them
1: um, I have a subscription to the New York Times <laughs> online, and I did it because
0: yeah, I was pledged. on
1: Facebook, and it was making me super anxious because it was constant, constant news from, like, all of these, like, weird news sources, and I was like, I can't do this anymore, but I I get all of my news from Facebook— so I closed my Facebook and I pay the twelve dollars a month to get a subscription to the New York Times, so that I actually continue to get news Aww. without having to be They're on the toxic good. ball of sludge that is Facebook.
2: I know I got a. If I didn't have my poetry page, I... yeah, I know.
1: Ugh, anyway. It is useful in a lot of different ways, but yeah. like I think the way that I was using it was not at all healthy. So no, I get it. But yeah, I did the crossword puzzle, and it was it was. Just nice to carve out that time every morning. do You know what my self care
2: was, other than like not dying in my little black haunted apartment. <laughs> it's is, black. It's creepy. <laughs> I know. I don't know what they're thinking, but I um, went to the grocery store to get like lozenges. Um, midway through this death week, and um, <laughs> you
1: infected everyone there.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You're like y'all want some pink eye? <laughs> <laughs> I just rolled it around on the, the kiwis. Um, but anyway, I, I bought all. I bought just like a ton of fruit. Oh, um, nice! Like, and I just sat in my bed and watched Netflix that I didn't cancel yet, <laughs> and uh, ate like, uh, like th- whole things of raspberries and blackberries and oranges, oh. and it, that felt really like good to my body. But then it got pink eye, so my body apparently <laughs> fucking hates blackberries. <laughs> anyway, moving on.
1: Thank you so much for listening. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Up Pod.
2: You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, and most importantly, you can send us all your questions about the matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com.
1: Please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review. This literally helps us keep the lights on and it helps us reach more broken-hearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice.
2: Original music, recording, and editing by Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, the What If podcast. And remember, your purpose on life is not to sacrifice and give and give and sacrifice and justify until there is nothing left of you and your desires. Your purpose on life is to find happiness and to love and be loved. And that is not possible if you are asked to give too much of yourself. It's not possible if you are asked to love in ways that you don't want to or you don't know how. It's not possible if you don't want to put your love there anymore. And it's not possible if the love that you are asked to give doesn't meet you halfway. It is okay to ask for what you want because you are here on this insane planet to love and be loved and to find your happiness. So go. Find that happiness, ask for what you want, and if all else fails,
1: just break up.